I V M I V M Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Triangle Offense. We are a Desi NBA podcast every day from Monday to Friday. I'm Munish and as always I'm joined by Nishant. I'm super excited today because the Phoenix Suns took the game to the Lakers and there will be a game 6 like I had predicted at the start of the season. The Lakers might still be favorites, but I took them to 6 and as you can see, Nishant is very very dejected as not a, not just the Lakers but AD went down too. We have ton of stuff to cover in today's episode, but right after this break. Whether you're an established sports person or a budding one or simply a sports enthusiast, join us Tanvi and Shlok. We are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy, mindset and everything sport. So tune in to the Millennial Athlete every Monday only on the IVM Podcast Network. Trust us, it's going to be lit. Welcome back. So contrasting fortunes for the LA teams I must say today Nishant. Uh Clippers making a comeback who saw that coming two wins at the Dallas Arena and the Lakers going down and that is 2-2 as well the west is all 2-2 where the whereas the east is in a hurry to finish it off the the Milwaukee Bucks first team into the second round the nets might as well get there the wizards are almost there Atlanta Hawks are almost there i didn't see that to be one sided affair but tons of stuff to cover on today's episode L- looking forward to this So first up let's let's start with the Lakers what went wrong with the Lakers i know that ad went down but 92 and 100 i mean we knew that this would be a low scoring affair because of the lakers defense but just 92 points lebron couldn't get it done himself ad doubtful for game 5 as well trouble troubling times are you worried yeah yeah, yeah. I, i mean like like we said i think we've been saying this throughout uh, any any team like this that depends on two superstars or more in injury means everything goes to like it's over like all of your predictions you can tear them up because when when a star goes down that's it that's pretty much it and this will apply even to philly like if ben simmons or embiid goes down <laughs> like all of your predictions get tossed out right it's like that so uh, yeah i look i lot of and i've heard this a lot right I, people picked phoenix to go 6 phoenix to go 7 if you picked mm-hmm. that uh, despite ad and lebron being fit Uh, mm-hmm. then i would i would laugh at that prediction the way i did back then if one of them gets injured ah, well who knows who knows right and and the counter argument and i've heard this too the counter argument that they're like hey but you said regardless of chris paul or booker being fit or injured you said the lakers in five yeah yeah that's because mm-hmm. the entire series is dependent <laughs> on lebron and ad one of them going down is not the same as one of booker or chris paul going down right so um Yeah, this changes things up quite a bit. It's not just AD, right? Uh, it's kind of the bedrock of the Lakers' championship runs last season and and whatever it has been so far this season is their defense. Even mm-hmm. with LeBron and AD out, they were one of the best, if not the best, defenses in the league. Right. And and a lot of that comes from uh, exceptional backcourt defense. Yes, they have rim protection, but their perimeter defense is outstanding. Uh, be it Dennis Schroeder, be it KCP. Caruso comes on he's excellent Wes Matthew comes on he is great depending on who the matchup is and they took a hit there also it's not just AD where they've lost uh, their best defender and and one of the best scorers if not the best they've also lost KCP in this game he didn't play so that was that was too much Lakers lost two out of their five starters i think it was too much to overcome as for uh, being a low scoring affair i think that's kind of been the flavor of this series i don't think we've seen too many like, except once when Lakers went off 
the losing team has always been 90 100 there and thereabouts even when phoenix won their first game they barely crossed 100 so that's been the theme of the series really um and and that also is credit to the lakers defense that even when they lose the offense is restricted to such and such points um despite having only three of their first choice five defenders fit but it of course it's time to to panic if ad doesn't come back that's a big problem kcp not coming back is a problem too but if ad doesn't come back this series is pretty much phoenix's really i I mean it because it's Mm -hmm. it's too much to overcome Uh, and even if they do overcome it which of course would mean a herculean effort from lebron it'll take Mm -hmm. a lot out of him it's one thing to do it three four five years ago in cleveland when Kyrie and Kevin Love went down and some of those he lost, some he won. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it'll take a lot out of you going into into round two. Now maybe you meet a similarly depleted Mavs or Clippers in that round. Or no, <laughs> they're playing Denver, right? Yeah, but okay, so the they, West is tight either they way. They play Denver or Portland because yeah, that's 2-2 yeah. as well. Yeah, so West either way, whoever comes in looks like they're going to be tired. But uh, yeah, if AD doesn't come back, then I don't see the Lakers. Um, fi- fighting on in the series. Maybe it's 6, maybe it's 7, but it's heavily... I would heavily favor the the Phoenix Suns. And today, Chris Paul showed you why I was saying they should have rested him in the previous game instead of Mm -hmm. just playing him for those few minutes. And then, I mean, they were meaningless minutes anyway. He wasn't able to to even use one of his hands properly, right? He was entirely forced forced to play on his offhand too. So, they should have probably given him a rest. He would have come back roaring as he did this game. Um, and, And he was the difference maker. Whoever got the points, whoever did whatever, Aiton had a field day because there was no AD, um, AD there, both in rebounding and also on 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 defense, because he didn't have right. to contend with that six eleven guy with all those moves. Um, right. But Chris Paul was the difference maker for sure, and and it showed why uh, giving him rest sometimes is the most uh, is not as counterproductive as it may seem. I agree. I mean, if there was one guy I would bank on to carry a weekend depleted team all the way it would be lebron right i mean who sure. else can you depend he's done this in the past yep but you think his it's past past his age to do that now he's 36 years old and one thing we've learned in the past is never bet against lebron are we kind of doing that falling into that same trap again because if that's one guy who can flip on a switch in the knockoffs in the knockouts in the playoff round when it matters the most it's lebron james if we've seen it so many times in the past yeah. it's kind of almost inhuman to do that yeah but we've seen that in the past. So, does he have enough firepower to still do this, you think? I think he does. The only reason I'm betting against him if AD and KCP are out, the only reason I'm betting against him is because he himself is coming back from injury. This isn't a fully fit LeBron. Right. So, I don't know if um, him playing the kind of minutes it would require. He'd have to play 38, 40 or more every game. Uh, right. God forbid anything goes to overtime, then it's even more. Um and he himself is rehabbing a sort of coming back from an injury. Maybe he's fully fit, maybe not. But but injuries like these, you know, they snap back in. They they uh, you fall back into that very easily. It happened to the best of them. Happened to KD. Happened to so many players around us, right? So yep. Uh, I, I don't know if he's fully fit, and he's already playing heavy minutes. They've, they've played 35, 40 in, in a bunch of games now. Uh, that's my only concern. Otherwise, sure. I mean. Uh, give him give him a Schroeder that can score a few points. Give him a few pick and roll players, and he'll get it done. We've seen him do it too many times. And an older LeBron is a slightly athletically depleted Le- LeBron. Slightly. And and that slightly you'll see where. Like in that isolation against Crowder in the previous game where it got personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron just tore him apart, right? He went to yep. the... Uh, did a drop step, spun to the rim. The only slight uh, depletion in athleticism is uh, three or four years ago, he would have reverse dunked it or he would have 
gone under the mm-hmm. rim dunked it from the other side something like that but uh, now it's a it's a it's an athletic layup with some english on it so that that's about it but he is wiser smarter he knows how to pick apart defenses without expending as much energy uh, i st- he'll still make it interesting i think uh, but given that he himself is coming back from fitness i don't have as much confidence uh, mm-hmm. to say uh, he'll get it done the odds are definitely against him if there's anyone that can do it you're right it's him but it might be a bit too far this time uh, without without any support all right i see that we are falling into that trap once again and lebron himself said the shoulders were built for games like this for situations like this and it's like bring it on so yeah, no, i want to i want to see i mm-hmm. want to see game 5 i'm not i'm not writing them off entirely i want to see course. game 5 but it's it's tough it's tough I, one game without ad uh, kcp where it's got to be definitive if there's if there's a chance that ad might come back the lakers are just a little too confident sometimes in their in their mm-hmm. abilities they'll even drop to 3-2 in the series if they think ad will come back and they they like, yeah, will pick it up two games easy uh, they get into these dangerous situations so if ad is out and he is definitively out where there's no scope of him returning at least for this series and it's clear to everyone then it'll be interesting mm-hmm. one game let's see what lebron does but if there's a chance that ad is half fit he's going to come back first half second half next game uh, then again again that kind of that's a spanner in the in the works <laughs> but great performance by the phoenix though everyone got into yeah. scoring today booker with 17 points he's been kind of silent uh, last two games but he's got 17 chris paul got 18 jay crowder hit some big shots got 17 himself but i think the standout performance for me throughout the series has been deandre ayton we yes. i mean we spoke about it in the past where it's his first playoff series and he might not be up for the challenge he had to he'll have to take on ad which he did in the first game but kind of got silenced by him in game 2 but He's been matching him. I mean, I would say like 16 rebounds, 10 rebounds, 11 rebounds, 17 rebounds in the four games. That's that's great performance from a playoff debutant in a playoff debut series, don't you think? Okay, hold on. He's matching numbers. If that's the case, then Drummond is better than most big men in the league. Are we just <laughs> going by numbers now? DeAndre Ayton had really. a great. I would I would say he's kind of made a a pres. He's kind of made his presence felt. He's been impactful. He had a great well, first game. Look, he had a great first game. But this is typical AD. He always sleeps through. every contest until he's he's insulted he's violated and people are questioning his ability and then he comes back strong it it's just that's always been ad it's the same last season is the same this season when ad came to play uh, aiden could do nothing game 2 game 3 he couldn't put a scratch on ad at either end of the floor the only points he got were on drummond uh, mm-hmm. so he is not yet come up to that level but it's true that wherever they've got wins he's been a pivotal part of that we discussed this in game 1 also regardless of whether the lakers are sleeping injured defended him didn't defend him chose not to defend him he's done his job for sure yep uh, and uh, especially on off sure he can rebound but we know that he can kind of rim protect but we know that and he'll get you somewhere between 15 and 20 points a game we know that but um what's impressive is how he contributes uh, and is a team player overall on offense because right you have you know you have players like steven adams who all they do is set screens and this is mm-hmm. set the greatest screens in the world but that's about it if they yep. get the ball back on a screen there's not very much they can do unless they're right under the rim with right. ayton it's um because of the fact that phoenix set a lot of staggered screens so it's ayton and it's one other guy it's either crowd or somebody or the other bridges they set two staggered screens taking two defenders out of the equation booker or chris paul uh, goes all the way around both go all the way around both screens Now you have a situation where either Booker or Chris Paul will pop off, and you know they they put from mid range, uh, from three Chris Pauls lethal, 
so you one defender is going to have to commit to tracking that guy down now the other defender is kind of in a dilemma does he go help on a double team or does he keep track of Aiden? if it's a mismatch that's a problem and in all of this Aiden expertly fades to the basket a bunch of times so it's either yep. a three if the defense is too close uh, too slow to shut them down or it's an easy drop it off to Aiden right under the rim and it's so that rim run is special and he does that exceptionally well he's made their pick and roll so lethal and for a team with two outstanding guards both of whom can shoot and play make uh, that's a special weapon to have i i like this trio i think it really works this phoenix suns and of course is talking about special how special has kawhi leonard been in the series i mean they went 2-0 down he performed even in those two games yeah and now two games and two victories with him averaging over 30 in these four games the clippers are back 2-2 winning two games at dallas do you think the clippers are favorites now sadly all of these series are boiling down to injury and it sucks to see that because it was such a great contest till now even in game 3 where the clippers came back mm-hmm. it's fair game they, they played exceptionally well and they won and they won in in not very favorable conditions yep uh, and i don't know if they're favorites because now that they've tied the series and this is just mm-hmm. uh, humorous apart but aside but now that they've tied the series they have home court advantage again right essentially now it's a three game best of three series with two games in LA one game in Dallas whichever way the right. order is shuffled uh that might not be great for the clippers because if we've learned anything from this series it is that the home team doesn't win it's 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 2-2 <laughs> and all four wins have come from the away team right so right uh i i wouldn't look look first of all uh, kawhi leonard we've never ever taken anything away from him even when we were laughing at the clippers a week ago we were saying kawhi leonard took so much of a beating last season because for one game one game in like yep. two full post seasons he was bad that one game seven against denver nuggets he choked and for that he is being just ripped apart right if anything it's on paul george that was still true largely this season also he's been he's been as flawless as he has always been but the questions mm-hmm. were around his leadership this time and your team sucks it's right. not enough for you to say okay i did my job i put up my 25 points and now i'm going home somebody's got to rally up the troops right so that, that's where people are pointing fingers uh, on kawhi sadly though in this game and the clippers were ready i'm taking nothing away from them uh, they they definitely brought defensive intensity kawai was on a rack attack from minute 1 i think i think this happened in game 2 i think it was and then again yesterday yep. that yep. he just didn't miss a shot for like the first almost two entire right. quarters uh, right and and when he plays like that he, he just missed four shots or 15 all game all game long so when he plays like that you've got you you've created some offensive space in terms of scoring there because the other team is not going to be that efficient very few players are as uh, efficient as kawai uh, certainly not luka then when they when they bring the kind of defensive pressure that they did nobody shot was dropping in dallas partly because they were great contests by the clippers they played tight defense they played outstanding zone defense uh, mm-hmm. watch how they almost uh, form like a shield around the perimeter yep. when yep. when uh, luka brings the ball down and they put batum on luka so there's batum there's a man to man and then there's a whole zone behind that's outstanding but um i thought dallas made the same mistake that phoenix did with chris paul in the previous game which is when you know mm-hmm. lucas carrying an injury and it's mm-hmm. not like an injury to the pinky finger of the off hand where it doesn't really matter you can tape it up and whatever this was a cervical issue he had some sort of nerve uh, trouble right. in his neck but that limits everything that you do as an athlete in any sport unless yep. you're playing chess even there you might your posture might have to <laughs> might have to change <laughs> that's start a very nice idea to play him and he was he was wasteful just wasn't himself um, 
and and i still don't see them putting their best defenders on luka by the way maybe they know he's injured i don't know but it was batum mm-hmm. guarding him for large stretches of the game yep. kawai once in a while only yep. as a double team so uh but yeah, it worked they got the win luka doesn't seem fit uh i would say clippers are a slight favorites at this point because i don't know what luka's status is uh, right but can can somebody slap some sense into posing this i i can't believe we're watching ah. the same player that that last season was just tearing the league apart when he was fit and both right. ends of the floor he just look, floor he just looks hapless of course he looks he looks disinterested i don't know if there's a fit issue i don't know if he's having issues with luka being the main guy i don't know what's gone wrong with porzingis this season he's not looked the guy if you remember the playoff last season he was his aggressive self he was getting into fights he got ejected in a game in fact yeah and he looks disinterested this time it's kind of sad to see because if he was fit and if he was rearing like he always was last season i think mas were one of the favorites in the west and without yeah. porzingis it's just all luka all again right so i don't know uh, what porzingis is doing so uh, just before that just before we cut to the break and go to the next series uh, tylo before game 3 he said that uh, clippers just need to win one game and the pressure is on the mas let's go to uh the let's go to dallas and then you'll see how yeah. if the threes are falling or not because every, they were shooting lights out when they travel to the staples arena right yeah and then you saw tim hardaway junior get one from eight in game 3 one right. uh, four from 14 in this game and you know that the mavs are facing some kind of pressure i think put that quote back on to himself now the clippers are facing the pressure i mean they're favorites to win game 5 do you think that flips it around for them again will tyloo have to come up with new quotes and new uh, ways of inspiring his team now I thought that was great what Tyloo said because it is also true. The I mean, everyone was trying, kind of talking about this. Even when we spoke of the first Mavs win, we're like, you can prepare for Luca, but you can't prepare for Tim Hardaway coming and dropping all these points or Finney Smith adding, etc., etc. Yep. Uh, and at some point, it's going to slow. It's it's like the reverse of what we said about Utah that the law of averages will catch up at some point. Right. Utah had an awful uh, night uh, that first game on on shooting. uh and, and then they they made it up and then they got back to their usual self of shooting threes and with the Dallas it was the other the other way around they were shooting lights out the way they haven't been all season uh it had to go at some point i, I think this series is now extremely intriguing uh i we i we always pick this as the most fun series to to follow just for the rivalries while it was the yep. hawks and the knicks for the contest but I think now it's it's so well poised this is the best exhibition of playoff basketball you could find because you can tell me is the pressure on the Mavs that I could give you five reasons to st- or to support it five reasons to uh, squash right. that argument and I can do just the same for the Clippers and everyone can that's what makes it seem exactly so fun look it's anyone's guess right now unless you're mind reading it's anyone's guess who's under more pressure right now who I think is under more pressure I, I still think it's Clippers they haven't got this done they got two games uh, two wins after going down 2-0 That's like you said the expectations so low that we're supposed to feel happy that right. you did what we expected you to do all along. Um the Clippers should have been the second seed or the third seed. They they flopped to become the fourth <laughs> seed. Um uh, they have no business letting the Mavs make it this interesting where the Mavs are kind of like the mid table guys here. So um let's let's keep expectations realistic. The pressure is still on the Clippers. If the Mavs lose again, nobody's going to say they choked these guys aren't built for the post season <clears throat> they're going to say they made the clippers sweat two years in a row they're one big trade away from from being real contenders if the clippers lose the series it's over for kawai and paul george <clears throat> their brand forget their careers their brands will take such a beating 
that is over for them they they i would struggle to see how they'd find motivation after that so pressure definitely still on the clippers all right then so like i said we have tons of stuff to cover in today's episode this was the western conference we'll move to the east right after this break Hello, everybody. Welcome to another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you're not following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd like to thank the sponsors on the network this week, Cred, PayPal, and Seat. Thank you. We really do appreciate the support. So this week on Cyrus Says was great. We had Meghna joining us on Cock and Bull, Tanvir Taj and Priyanka Jena talking about pets. Yuma Qureshi talks about her new television show and her life in Bollywood. And to celebrate 700 episodes on Cyrus Says, we had a number of his previous producers come on board and reminisce. Tune in to This Round is on Me, where Gauri Devidayal was joined by Samir Shet and Yash Panage. These are the guys who started Bombay Canteen, O Pedro, and a number of other restaurants. Really great conversation they had with Gauri. On The Habit Coach, Ashton Doctor tells us about nourishing creativity and the importance of losing and some microhabits to counter overthinking. On their 75th episode, Ritasha and Rayushi talk to Naveen Richards. On The Note with Marika Nayad, she speaks with Komal Nahata to talk about the business of Bollywood, lockdown losses, piracy issues, and experiments being done to keep it going. On Advertising is Dead, Varun is joined by Gurupad, VP of Customer Success Platform for PayPal India, to talk about how the digital money landscape and the fintech ecosystem has fundamentally altered the world. We also have Thalarate, our Kannada podcast. Hosts Ganesh and Pawan discuss video games. And Sivakamyam Sabatam, the Tamil show where Kavita Jiva sheds light in another story about the bravery and excellence in the governance of the Pallava dynasty. And with that, let's get you back to your show. Welcome back. In the other game, uh the first team to progress to the second round is the Milwaukee Bucks and we did not see a 4-0 thrashing coming to the Miami Heat did we mm-hmm. this is the first time an Eric Spoelstra team has been swept in the playoffs yeah. and Giannis making a sweeping statement with a triple double to just close out the series incredible scenes there i mean Milwaukee did not even let the series be close i know game 1 went into overtime and that was as close as it got because Miami Heat were totally outplayed they didn't have the quality they looked like a shadow of the team i mean even shadow is overstating it they didn't look like a yeah. team at all yeah. compared to the team they were in the bubble and we said that they overachieved and what not but this far away from the team that they were it is kind of surprising to me bubble frauds <laughs> not not that surprising uh, i think even last season we were saying this that some players are playing out of their skin and this is unnatural development for players of that age especially when they never showed any signs of it if you are a mm-hmm. lebron james or an Anthony Davis or a Kevin Durant or a Kyrie Irving players like these who who came in as number one draft picks where you knew they would tear it up from game one they were ready for the nba even zion for that matter at least mm-hmm. in terms of individual performance if not team um, results with tyler hero players like these you never had that impression they, they never did that right. prior to this in their career so uh, it was abnormal growth for them to play the way they did in the in the bubble and mm-hmm. also dragic that's probably his last solid season for an aging dragic butler yep. butler also had his own share of injury concerns who knows what kind of toll that took this year mm-hmm. um and bam was never the scorer bam right. was always the solid double digits guy he'll get you double digit rebounds too and uh, g- great defense that that was bam he's not the take over the game score 30 35 in a game kind of guy that's just not yep. him so um all this kind of came together in one fell swoop um they all hit the miami heat at the same time it's like you can handle dragic aging and maybe he's not that good as long as the other pieces uh, you know cedric paribus as long as everything else is mm-hmm. is the same but 
Dragic went down, Butler had his injury concerns throughout the year, Hero came back down to earth. And this was the guy that if a lot of the fan base said we wouldn't trade uh, if that meant getting James Harden. Like, we're okay with any trade, but not Tyler <laughs> See, Hero. That seems very funny right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so there was that. Um, and then none and all the others, they're, they're on their development path the way you'd expect any young player to be. Nothing abnormal this season. This is the heat, unfortunate that they ran into an overpowering Bucks team that I don't know who can take them down except the Brooklyn Nets. I don't see... Even mm-hmm. Philadelphia being a, a contest. All it would be like a seven-game thriller, I would expect. But I think they're stronger than them. I think it's just the Nets and the Bucks now. And isn't that convenient? Because should the Nets take care of business, that's whom they'll face in the in the second round. So I'm looking forward to it. Quick thoughts. Um, Giannis, he's, he's here. I think we, at least I called this before the playoffs, that, uh, that I think now he's ready. Uh, he still doesn't mm-hmm. have a jump shot, and that's why I didn't believe in him until a couple of months ago. But... He's added so much to his offensive arsenal within um, the restricted area and in and around the low post that that he's ready, uh, and he's he's become an even better passer than he was, right? And he's surrounded by shooters, so that helps because you know he's the yep. double team minimum, and he's surrounded by shooters. Um, sad blow, Divincenzo being out. Let's see what kind of impact that has. But but they've still got people shooting lights out. Bobby Portis. Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes, Forbes, I think, wow. is in the top four uh, of three-pointers made they in the playoffs. David, a was Bryn yeah. Forbes. He scored seven three-pointers out of his 22 points today. In game two, I think it was where he got six three-pointers. Yeah. And like, where was this guy hiding? He's been coming off the bench in the regular season, scoring 15 here, 20 there sometimes, hitting threes. But, wow, he's taken his game to an all-together in a different level in the series. Yeah, I think it's only Lillard and, uh, and Doncic, I think, who have more threes than mm-hmm. Bryn Forbes. At least before today's games, I don't know what happened after. So, so he has all of this going for him, right? Then we've got Middleton, who's finally playoff ready, apparently. Every match right. he's playing as consistently as he would in the regular season. Not afraid. And you know he's not afraid, not only because he's taking contested threes and tough shots, but because he's driving it to the rim and regardless of who's standing under the rim. That is is the ultimate sign of confidence from Middleton. You would, yep. you would see him settle for pull-up jumpers before, but but he's on rack attack now. It's almost like it's uh, he's playing with Kawhi's confidence almost. So, yep. but but I don't think that's a secret. I don't think it's it's just an overnight transformation or, or a one-season change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Drew Holiday has a lot to do with this. Uh, a lot to do with the kind of spacing he allows the others to provide. Uh, Bryn Forbes or a, or a Dimitins or whoever else. Um, a lot to do with how Middleton gets better shots in better positions because Drew is able to create for him. I mm-hmm. think his playmaking has been exceptional, Drew Holiday. His defense yep. has always been world-class. Absolutely. Um, one of the best in the league. If not for Ben Simmons, I'd say flat out the best perimeter guard in the league. Um, and he drops points. On top of all yes. this, he drops points. He hits 20-plus easy. Uh, he, he, he's honest, really hit a goal man with Drew, Drew Holiday. I think we saw we saw how devastating he could be along with Anthony Davis in that Pelicans team that, that really made the Warriors sweat. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think this is the the next level of this this evolution. I love this uh, box team. Totally, I think uh, Giannis. We know what Giannis would do, and he has been doing that. But I think, like you said, all the role players, the support players, have been exceptional. Yeah. Drew Holiday was averaging fifteen points, seven rebounds, and ten assists, and also two steals throughout this playoff series. That's incredible numbers. That's almost MVP numbers during uh, finals. MVP numbers if it if it came in the finals. Uh, also, when Giannis sits, the replacement for him this time is PJ Tucker, and he's not an easy guard to score against because 
he is brilliant on defense d- regardless despite his size i think yeah. he's incredible in the series uh, he guarded jimmy butler on 12 positions and he allowed him to score twice butler was 2 on 12 when pj tucker was uh, shooting against him and that shows like when yanis yeah. can take a break you have a guy capable of holding the fort down when he's when he's out yeah he guarded ad last season um, yeah. not not very well but that shows the level well, of confidence that's, the that's coach the, has that's in a player the highest like that, that you would put the, Tucker exactly. on AD just shows the level of confidence that the you know the coach has. Yeah, sorry, you were saying something. No, that carry on. Okay. No, so uh, yeah, so except for an assignment like that where it's just an absolute mismatch in in size, um, he is a nifty defender and uh, that that corner three spot that he loves so much where he keeps getting to and somehow they get the ball to him. He's a nifty player to have around. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And anyone who can give Yanis rest is a is a big big boon to the squad. and we got to talk about the second round matchup which will most probably be against the nets we'll come to that in a bit but the nets beating the celtics pretty comfortably today yeah. kd getting 42 points uh, kyrie irving going off james harden the it in fact ties the most points by three players yeah. ever in a single team 104 points between the big three we did we're not surprised at all it's just the 12 game together it's the first time they've really hit it off where everyone went off but my concern for the nets still is they gave 125 points to the boston celtics which had jason tatum and four other ordinary players yeah. jason tatum scored 40 in this game 50 in the previous game and they scored 126 in game 3 as well how are the nets going to defend yanis now first of all tatum looks spectacular might add with zero yeah. support he's backing down kd shooting turn around fadeaways on kd that's yeah. another level of guts um so sad that he doesn't have brown to support him Yep. Uh, and didn't yeah, have I mean, Kemba as well today. Right, correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, no surprises. Brooklyn Nets aren't defending very well. <laughs> who, who the hell expected them to? This bad against uh, Boston Celtics who went 500 in the regular season? Like there are no levels to their defense. It's just bad. <laughs> there's, like there's no degree of like, Brooklyn Nets defense. It's just bad. Once in a while they show up and they kind of look better than they are. But, uh, you know, may- maybe, maybe a part of this is also a certain level of complacency that your offense allows. Mm-hmm. when you're putting points up like that when you've always got a comfortable lead very rarely did it really come down to a yep. a bothersome number that lead so i guess you can't really judge unless it's like a closely fought game because they were impressive in a couple of games on defense when they really needed to and jeff green was marshaling mm-hmm. the defense i thought they were okay they weren't bad they're not milwaukee bucks good they're not we'll shut down the milwaukee bucks good either right. but but they were okay so maybe maybe the their offense this game kind of misleads uh misleads us into thinking that defense is terrible because it might not be great but they weren't really asked to do anything today they didn't need to and this isn't a bunch that that will voluntarily defend none of these guys will defend unless they absolutely have to and on offense by the way it's, it's so impressive first of all all three work because credit to james harden he is the one with mm-hmm. the ball he is the guy that has yep. to make plays happen and distribute credit to him but also if you if you watched if anyone's watched the brooklyn nets they do so many isos where on each possession it's like they pick one of these one of kyrie or kd to give the ball to and they just go and score there's really no play being run or, or right. a screen being set there's no pick and roll nothing kd dribbles in uh, a little hazy goes into mid range area uh, stops on a dime pull up jumper stops on a dime pull mm-hmm. up jumper and you can't defend kd is a tough guy to defend anyway he's a 7 footer with an incredible wingspan that releases the ball from like 10 or 11 feet in the air you're not going to block that at best you can get a hand in his face mm-hmm. he's a tough guy to defend anyway then he hits these kind of gentle lean back fadeaways where that angle makes it a little tougher to get to his face or the ball mm-hmm. then he does this pull up jumper 
and that's like the icing on top that just it just makes it impossible because the way a pull-up jumper works is you drive in with force and in a split second you just stop stop moving forward you pull up on the spot rise up and release the jumper it's impossible for a defender to contend all of these things all at once kd's height the point from where he releases it that slight angle of separation and the fact that he pulls up mm -hmm. so um and he's hit that with ease i think all all series he's been destroying them from mid-range so then you don't really need to run a run a play just give him the ball he goes into the mid-range pulls up jumper swish bit like kawaii um except from seven feet high and then there's Kyrie. finishes at the rim does all kinds of oh, uh, yeah it, pretty much right so there are so many players where it's so it's so comfortable for them offense because they don't really have to do a lot just give one of these guys the ball step back and watch them do magic now you get tested against milwaukee that's when you totally. really see the offensive genius of the nets or you won't let's see but but that's yeah. really when you'll bring the best out of them when you challenge them defensively exactly like you said drew holiday is probably one of the best defenders in the league uh he can you cannot stop Kyrie or Harden, but no. what you can do is you can slow them down. Yeah. And I think Drew Holiday is really up to the task. Giannis against KD, that'll be a real battle to watch yeah, out for. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. I don't think the Nets are going to win this easily for sure. I don't see. I don't think either of us thinks that. But yeah. I really think the Milwaukee Bucks can take down the Nets. I agree. It'll be it'll be a one hell of a series, and you would have to slightly favor the Nets just because those three. But uh, okay. <laughs> but it'll be a series for sure. It'll be a fight. All right. In the other series, the Atlanta Hawks are leading 3-1 against the New York Knicks. Uh, you did pick the Atlanta Hawks. Let me acknowledge that. And I picked the Knicks. It's not yet over. But <laughs> both of us did not see this series finishing so quickly, did we? Julius Randle has gone missing. I mean, yeah. he's won the most improved player. All of that counts for whatever. But in the playoffs, you can't go missing when you're the leading scorer in the team. He's averaging around 18 out of 55 shots taken or something like that. And that's ridiculous when your top player goes missing and your top player has to be a Derek Rose who's maybe five years past his prime. Sure. There's no way you're winning a playoff series, even if it is against the Atlanta Hawks, who are a lower seed. Yeah, yeah. First, great to see Derek Rose dropping point. This is how it of should course. have always been. Sad that injuries kind of took him down. Um, Julius Randle choked. It's as simple yeah. as that. Now, you can say it's unfair to say that he's just having... He's just been off form for three or four games. That's what choking is. When you <laughs> go off form at an inopportune moment, people in sports term that as a choke. You can't have different rules for different um, players. Can you can you imagine what would happen to Paul George if he started four games like this, right? So this is a choke. Now, um, uh, true, I didn't expect it to go get done this fast and maybe it's not done yet. It's 3-1, it's it is a commanding lead, but who knows, maybe they can pull a game back. I thought Atlanta and six. Uh, but my logic so far seems to have been right that mm -hmm. while I did not see Randall just going missing like this, what I did see was that New York's defense, as good as it is, I don't see them stopping Atlanta's offense. I think they just have too much firepower on offense. Right. And even that, uh, and that was even without seeing just how ferocious Trey Young can be. I know he's great, but this is another level. He's just asking for trouble every time he steps on the court. He's like, yep. make it harder for me and I'll show you what I can do. This yep. side of Trey... In the playoffs, I didn't think I'd see. And we're seeing that. So that's that's bonus. I didn't see that coming. Um, but I still stand by this pick. I think the Atlanta offense is way too good for for New York's defense to handle. And even if Julius Randle does step up, uh, I still see Atlanta going through. New York's best case is they'll nick a game back. Uh, mm -hmm. They might go down in five. But, uh, their best case is they'll go down in six. But go down they will. I don't see Atlanta dropping the series. 
All right. Just to correct my numbers, Julius Randle is shooting 20 from 73 over these four games. Okay, and RJ Barrett, the second best player in the team, who is supposed to be the second best player in the team, yeah. is shooting 21 out of 53. Has shot 21 out of 53. So, that's how terrible they've been. I mean, yeah. they were known for their defense, which they kind of did. I mean, they're slowing down Atlanta Hawks as much as possible. Mm. But if you don't have an offense, if you don't get 110 points every game. You're not going to win. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I expect bricks from Barrett. I don't expect this this from Randall. It's not just three or mid-range, right? Even at the rim, he's yeah. not finishing um, consistently. Yep. So, yeah, uphill, uphill. All right, then. A lot of games we talked about today. Fun games coming up tomorrow. The Sixers will look to finish the series against the Washington Wizards. Any chance of nah, uh, pulling one back at least, take it back to Philadelphia? Sweet. No chance. Sweep, sweep. Sixers should kick <laughs> themselves if they let this go to a game. Of course. The only way it's happening is if they just sleep through this game and think, you know, they get complacent. They should finish this out. And a hallmark of championship teams is uh, when you see the first sign of your opponent dropping guard, smash his face, knock out, finish the game. Just don't, don't let it drag on because you never know what will <laughs> happen if you do. The second game is going to be super fun though. The Grizzlies uh, and the Jazz. It's yeah. The Jazz lead 2-1 right now. And looking at the rest of the Western Conference where every other series is tied as 2-2, I think Memphis should win tomorrow's game to just <laughs> just for a nice picture of the scoreboard where everything says 2-2. Yeah, they should. But I think I think Utah is too strong. I, I love this Memphis team. I love the energy. I like all of that. But I think now, um, now that Utah's shooting has settled and their defense seems to be back and flowing, um, you'll see a bunch of highlights from Jamaran, but yeah, it's it's too much. It's too much to expect them to overcome Utah. I agree. I mean, I it's difficult to bet against Utah at this point in time. Just seeing how how well they've been shooting. Donovan Mitchell is getting 25 plus every game. Yeah. Mike Conley went off in the other game in game three as well. Rudy Gobert is always is Rudy Gobert, not allowing anything to go past him. Memphis Grizzlies, though they have Jamaran, Dylan Brooks, amazing on defense. They have a bunch of players who can score, but. Just not enough to take down the top team in the NBA right now. True, true. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's Utah all the way for me. I won't be surprised all if they don't drop another game also after this. Okay. All right then. So that's all the time we have for today. It was great fun catching up with you and looking at this weekend's uh, games. We'll be back tomorrow. All right, man. Cheers. See you. Working Monday to Friday, glued to your chair, making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from. If you love cricket, listen up. The Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast is here for you. Hosted by DJ, Varun, and me, Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh fan's point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us, sometimes we have guests, including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IBM app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts.